things that I want to just kind of point out. But whenever we talk about the spirit, um, like denominations have been made because of disagreements around what the spirit does, right? So there's 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 a lots of there's lots of thoughts and ideas around what is actually the role of the spirit. There's a lot of complexity and. Um, like I get, I, I get there's mysteriousness around what the spirit does, right? Like the spirit moves in whatever way he wants to do. He's, he's like the wind just going wherever he wants, doing whatever he wants. So I, I understand there's mis- a little bit of mysteriousness, but, but there's always, there's always a weirdness to the spirit too. Like just Googling, like, what does the Holy Spirit do? You get a lot of weird stuff. Um, some of us might come from backgrounds that have some different like different ways that you've experienced the spirit. So I want to start by asking a question of everybody here, just to know where your background is. Like, what has your experience or thoughts or teachings about the spirit? Like, what have, what have you learned? What do you remember? What has been your experience around the Holy Spirit? I'm just curious. So, and also to get the, like, the conversation warmed up. Was it there? Was it not? Do you not remember? I think it was there, but I don't feel like there was a lot of sure. talk about it. I was going to say the same thing. It's like I've heard of the Spirit for as long as I can remember. Yeah. But in terms of specific teaching. Yeah. And I think that kind of adds to the mysteriousness. It's like, well, we, we've been taught he's a third person of the Trinity, but he doesn't show up a whole lot like he doesn't do a whole lot of things besides the weird stuff that maybe we don't agree about right yeah if you go to a pentecostal church they have some very specific <laughs> beliefs about what the holy spirit does and it's pretty fun hmm? <laughs> Fun. did you get I mean, to see any like the snake handling and no, anything not like that, that, or? Not that type, but like, but like people people dancing around and and like having fun in church. Yeah. Where it's just for four hours, yeah. Everybody's sweaty and everybody's sweaty and just having fun and there seems to be a camaraderie in it. Sure. Yeah. Though I don't know how like to me that like I I just always told them when we were talking though, like if that's you if that's what you believe, uh, you know, if that's real for you, that that's just not how how I express sure. how yeah. I express it, but it's yeah. like I'm I'm down for the adventure of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I grew up. My brother was in part of it. <clears throat> my brothers were quite a bit older than me, so when they were in their early twenties, I was a teenager, like young, mm. preteen or whatever. But I would go to church with them. And um, if you've seen the Jesus Revolution movie, that's my brother lived that. Oh, like, wow. I got yeah. out of the movie, and I'm like, because <laughs> 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 it was about a lot of the hippies and the drugs and the sure. people that went off of that and came you know to Christ but it was very much that um, yeah. charismatic speaking in tongues kind of thing and I have experienced where and so have my kids where if you're not speaking in tongues mm. or then you're not filled with the spirit sure. Sure. Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah but there's also the part that's good where it's like People get you get out of your own way a little easier too. There's not a lot of you break down a lot of the barriers of like I've sat next to you for 16 Sundays and have never even yeah. blinked your way. Mm. Whereas when you're dancing 
when you're dancing next to somebody for four hours, yep. you're like, you kind of break down some barriers. You yeah, know, yeah, <laughs> totally. So it's like, there, there's that bit of, <coughs> there's that part of it. It's just like, is it, a, is it performative? And sure. Yes, do, are people judging because you're not dancing high enough or mm. crazy enough or <clears throat> speaking into the top? Yeah. yeah. Or speaking in tongues or, or mm. others might say speaking gibberish. Sure. You know, it's like, but yeah. I don't, that's just the most, that's the most Hollywood version of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But yep. I feel like I heard about it were being baptized like okay. in the name of the Father, Son, and okay. the Holy Spirit. And then when you became a Christian, you got the Holy right. Spirit. Right. Okay. But yeah. that was like, yeah. that was it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We didn't talk about like, what, what does that What, what does, does he do? do? Like, what else? How do we, you know. He seems like he's the JV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like, you like get it in you, and then he's like, how do I get it out? It. Yeah. yeah like, right. Uh, <laughs> what? He's like the JV of the Trinity, right? Like he's, right. A, he's a substitute for yeah. when someone he's gets like tired, the you can weird, go in. Like yeah. younger brother. Sure. And it felt like you always had to uh, go to the Holy Spirit to make a decision, and God would show you His will. Yeah. Like, How does that work? And like, yeah. So like He was summoned when there were big life things that needed to be. Yeah. But was never talked about any other times. Yeah. yeah. So I felt like a lot of pressure. Am I listening to them or am I not? Right. Well, <laughs> really, like, oh, how do I know? Am I spiritual enough? That's what I learned. Yeah. Yeah. Or, enough, yes. So I know. Like, enough and you'll hear, you'll yeah. hear his voice and you'll know what to do. And, you know, then you, you kind of get sad if you still don't know what to do at the end of the day. You know, mm-hmm. like, did I yeah. not do enough? Yeah. Or what happens if you hear somebody, you're like, I feel led by the spirit to do this. And like a friend or a partner or a spouse comes in and said, well, I feel led by the spirit to do this. Well, who's wrong You're then? Wrong. Like, whose spirit is wrong? Who's, like, can the spirit be saying two different things at the same time? Mark, didn't you say yeah. that the spirit told you to break up with someone? Twice, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, okay. that that's, what, that's what I told her. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great spiritual way to break up. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't want to date her anymore, and so that was the yeah. That was a cop-out. And that's my experience, because, yeah. like, people yeah. would use the Holy Spirit yeah. as their, like, or their justification for all decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Like the Holy Spirit told me to get a Toyota Celica so I could drive. Like, really wanted me to. I need a vacation, and the Spirit says, "Here." Yeah. 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 And then you're a jerk if you question. Uh, And you're like, "Really? God said Celica? Like what color? Like how how do you tell you? Was it a letter? Yeah." I know there's two people gaslighting with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 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 My spirit is stronger than yours, and mine says Tundra. Tundra. <laughs> it's like Spaceballs. It's the Schwartz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so, I th- so I think, like, what we kind of experience is, like, what, is the actual, what does the Spirit actually do here, right? Like, in, in, the, famous, um, in the famous movie Office Space, one of the guys, one of the guys who's actually kind of like looking over what everybody does, and he's trying to find out what people do at work. He interviews these people. He goes, "What is it you actually do here, right? Like to figure out should we fire you? Do you need to get let go?" And I think that's kind of like the question that we come to with the spirit. It's like, well, we see some of these things. I don't know if they're true. I don't know if this is performative, like you say, Mike. I don't know if I can push back and say, well. You probably shouldn't get a Toyota Celica because you don't have the money to. So, like, is that a wise? Like, so, how do we know what the Spirit is actually doing? Um, 
So like, feel, feel free to keep some of these comments coming because I think it's super helpful. But if you look on the back of the campfire questions, um, what, I, what I want to do is I've got, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. I, I think if we were to try to make an exhaustive list, we would be here for forever. Um, so I've summed up a handful of things that the Spirit does in the Scripture. Um, and I think what you'll notice is that not very often, actually fairly infrequently, does it come to the Spirit helps me to decide some things about what I should do, right? Like, it's not really, the, the Spirit isn't really the, here to say, like, should you buy this house? Should you take this job? Should you marry this person? Should you not marry this person? Like, like making these individual decisions about what to do with your life, like, it's not, that's, that's not really how the Scripture talks about the Spirit's work in the world. Um, so then we're left to add, ask the question, well, what does the Spirit do then? Um, so I've got five things. I just want to talk about five, five things, kind of start the conversation there. Um, and then we'll just, and then just, we'll just see, see how, how it goes here. So what does the Spirit do? First thing is, and I think this is the, the big overarching idea, is the Spirit always points to Jesus. Okay? And the work and, the, and, and deeds and character... Like the spirit will always point people back to the person and work of, of, of Jesus. Okay. Um, Justo Gonzalez, we've been, we've been in the book of Luke. Um, he, um, he was the author of this book that we've been kind of re- re- referencing a lot. And he says, the purpose of the outpouring of the spirit is to give witness to Jesus. Right. We see in Acts chapter one, which we also think is written by Luke. Um, he says, and you will be witnesses to me. You will be witnesses after you've received the spirit you will tell people what i've done you'll tell people who i am you'll tell people about my character and about my work like regardless if you are if you are following in the footsteps of jesus you can say you are living in line with what the, what the spirit wants you to do uh, so then we ask the question well what is what was what did jesus tell us to do right love god and love your neighbor like that's kind of ways that you can boil it down so if you are loving God and loving your neighbor, you can pretty confidently say, yeah, I'm, I'm walking in the spirit. I am being led and I am obeying and I am discerning what the spirit is telling me. It's not horribly mysterious. Like if, if, if you're just going to find somebody and say, hey, I wonder if um, um, we should like give them money so they can afford rent next month. Well, you know what? You're probably listening to the spirit, right? Um, if you are like weeping and crying with somebody and just saying, hey, like you are witnessing, you're like you're going through trauma or you're going through loss and you just want to pray with them. Yeah, you're probably listening to the spirit. It's not all that like it's, it is mystical because like this is what the spirit's doing and he kind of goes wherever he wants to. But he's also saying, show them Jesus and you can be pretty confident that you are listening to the spirit. Um, so Scott McKnight um, has written a book, I think it's called The Spirit, I can't remember now, um, but he says there's three ways that you know what the Spirit can do, is you can watch what Jesus' actions are, listen to Jesus' words, and watch his character, okay? So if you want to be fairly confident that you're following the Spirit, are you being more like Jesus? Then you can, then you can know. Seems simple. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like overly complicated to say, well, should I do this? Or what if, how should I make this decision? It's, it's not really that. Like, I don't think the Spirit 
does that primarily. He can, sure, but like that's where a lot of the unknown comes about, right? Like you say you want to move to Oklahoma. Well, great. Well, I don't want to move to Oklahoma. So now what? Like, are we both wrong? Or is that what the spirit actually is about? Not necessarily. Um, so that's so that's one thing. Um, the spirit points to Jesus. The second thing, the spirit brings life. Um, one of the like the main metaphors in scripture for the spirit is wind, breath. Um, uh, there's divine spirit. There's our spirit. There's a, there's a lot of ways that the scripture talks about what the spirit is and what the spirit does. And the vast majority of the time, it's hard to figure out which is which. Like, is this the wind? Is this the spirit of God? Is this my spirit? A lot of times they're all like, you can, you can, you can think through like with um, wherever the wind is going, wherever the spirit's doing, like God is giving life into all things. Uh, we see at the very beginning in Genesis where like there's a spirit hovering over the waters of the face of the chaos and the deep. And it's just like the breath or the wind is hovering over the waters. Um, God is bringing life in from chaos. Um, if you think through a couple things, like in Ezekiel, there's a story about the breath, like the wind giving life to dead bones. Right? Um, if, you, if you have scriptures, Ezekiel chapter 37 um, talks about how like the Lord was get, they gave a vision to Ezekiel and, and he led me around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Um, so there's just, just dry bones in this valley. And the, and the question is, what can give life to all these dead bones? Um, and then he continues to go on and he says, verse nine, and he said to me, speak a prophetic, a prophetic message to the winds. Son of man, speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, right? There's another word for spirit. Come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so that they can live again. And then, then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. So like all of these places where there was death, the spirit and our breath and the wind kind of all act in tandem to give life to places where there was once death. Where are you getting spirit from that? Uh, it's the word ruach. I think I'm saying it right. But it's the Hebrew word for wind. It also can mean breath. It can mean spirit. All of that, like, they're all used interchangeably throughout the Old Testament. So there's a lot of, like, sometimes there's a definition to say, yeah, he's talking about an actual wind, right? Like, um, but in like the Hebrew Bible, the Hebrew understanding of it, it's all kind of, it's all kind of used interchangeably. So the wind, breath, it's kind of all kind of used for um, interchangeably for the spirit or the spirit of God. Like he hovers over the, the face of the deep and it's, you can talk about it like a wind. You can talk about it as spirit. Are you saying the spirit is more poetic in the Old Testament? It's more like real in the new testament uh no not necessarily it's um i think what i'm saying is there's ways that we may may experience the spirit where we actually don't give it credit for right so like is this the 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 breath that i breathe is that is that this the same thing as the spirit that's been given to me by god is that the same thing as like if i'm telling somebody truth or am i telling if i'm telling somebody Something is that the spirit actually working? It's like, yeah, that's all kind of the same thing. 
So does that help a little bit? <laughs> Maybe I'm not explaining it right, but but there's but there's like there's three words or four words that are typically used, and they can all mean a handful of different things. But sometimes they can all there. It's very um, it's not as distinctive as we would like. So we can assume, yeah, the breath that you have, that mic that you have, that is also like your spirit and the, maybe even the spirit of God that is telling somebody truth. You know, um, we don't have to differentiate them all the time. It's just a, it's, it's just a metaphor the Old Testament uses too. I guess, so my understanding was that Sure. So I don't know how to, I guess, interpret the presence of the Holy Spirit on Earth before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, did like is the Spirit actually active at all in the Old Testament? Yeah. Right. Is that kind of the question? Yeah. Well, that's well, they, 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 they had breath before then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so did the breath different after the Holy Spirit? Yeah. The Holy Spirit was given as like a helper. Mm-hmm. Helper, I think, mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I. There's, there's, there's lots of ideas on that. Um, I read a book called by, uh, by Jack Levinson called The Spirit According to Jesus. He also wrote a book called The Spirit in the Old Testament or in the Hebrew Bible. Um, um, I didn't read that one, uh, but there's like a, his main idea is it would be a mistake for us to pretend that the spirit that we have in the, in the New Testament is different than the spirit that's in the Old Testament. Um, we see a lot of times the spirit resting on somebody in the Old Testament. We see um, the spirit active in creation uh, in Genesis 1 where he's like bringing order into chaos. Um, we see the spirit like bringing life into these dry bones here in, in Ezekiel. Um, um, there's lots of other examples where the spirit's actually very much present with his people. Um, and also like outside of his people too. So it's not just limited to, his, to Israel or the church. So... Um, Seemingly, his roles were different. That's what it <coughs> seemed like he was God. God's uh, yeah. The Spirit came upon Moses, or the Spirit, you know, the Spirit came upon this man or, the, or this woman. You know what I mean? It's like God. It was like he was almost the messenger of God. It seemed like in the Old Testament, whereas in the New Testament, it was pretty clearly defined that this is a gift to the sure to the New Testament church that now. This is this is part of God that stays with you always, yeah. and this is something. As my son is leaving and preparing a new heaven and a new, you know, yeah. he's sitting on the throne. He's going to come back and prepare the new heaven and new earth for you. Sure. So. Yeah, I think I think there can be some differences too, um, but I think um, one of the things that I read was like even just the presence of the Spirit with or of like the uh, column of fire and the column of smoke. Like, that's very much symbolic to the spirit actually among his people, right? So when, when they're being led in the wilderness, um, the, the Israelites being led in, the, in the, the wilderness, like, these are very much, like, same ideas. Like, you are going to be baptized into the, uh, the spirit and fire. That's what the New Testament says. And that's kind of similar things, similar imagery into uh, what the Old Testament was. So while there is some difference, I think there's still a ton of overlap on what the spirit does and how the spirit moves. So um, I've got like a list of resources that I can, that we can send out to. Um, I am by no means an expert on any of this. So like if you want some other, some good 
resources to kind of study, well, what does the Spirit actually do in the Old Testament? And is that different than the New Testament? Um, then I can, I can give those out for sure. Unless anybody has any other ideas on, like... Or just it's, nice, think, yeah. it's nice to feel like he would be more defined because, or he, whatever. Sure. The Spirit is more defined just because, because, you know, I wish there was tons of fire that came down on everybody. And I wish people were speaking in tongues and all that stuff. I, I wish that was more defined, but it seems like... Just like Jesus, there was a time and place for that. Sure. And then maybe it disappeared. Other people believe it might have stick, stuck around. I don't. I think God could bring it back anytime He wanted to. Sure. But it's just like it's, it's it's there seemingly was a time for that, and I wish I wish it was now because it was. I mean, that's pretty hard to say no to. Sure. You know. Yeah. Could it have just been Jesus, like, reminding people because they're like, what are we going to do without you? And it's like, you have the Holy Spirit. Like, yeah. calm down. Yeah. I think there was, there was some, expe- like, you got Joel too here. There's some expectation that something's going to happen with the Spirit being poured out. And it's almost like a, a democratization of the Spirit where it's your sons and daughters, everybody's going to get it. In fact, you know, your male and female slaves are going to be full of the Spirit. Um, and then you see the, you see the disciples in Acts um, Peter especially really uh, feels like what's happening at Pentecost is actually a fulfillment of, of what Joel yep. was talking about, right? So there, there's going to be something that's going to happen with the Spirit um, and, and the disciples at Pentecost really felt like this is, this is what Joel was talking about, right? Um, and, and it's almost like it's, it's no longer reserved. Like it was, it was among the people, but it felt like there was a special presence when something important needed to happen, right? Um, and now it's like, no, the male and female slaves, like every, everybody's going to mm-hmm. just be full of the Spirit. Yeah. But that's, but that's great, great conversation because I yeah. think that continues to um, remind us that like, God has always promised to be with us. And these are particular ways that God has promised his presence among his people for all time, right? Um, but no, that's, yeah, that's great. Um, one thing that Scott McKnight says too is like uh, he he says this where um, without the spirit there is no life which means we see the spirit reaching out into all of creation and in Pentecost it's a a visual representation that every person now has the presence of the spirit right like the spirit the presence among his world and among God's creation it's not just limited to his people um, we see the spirit going out into Gentiles, into, into Romans. And I mean, the spirit kind of goes outside of the church and the church is now responsible for like, hey, where is the spirit leading and how can we now go there? Um, so there's, there's lots of examples that we can continue to go into. But, but just, just like Mark said, it's like now the spirit is for everyone and the spirit is going where there's life. Um, everyone that's a believer, right? Uh, there's a, there's, there's like a special, I think the way Scott McKnight said it, he's, he said, everybody has a spirit of, of God with them because there is life. Like you can't have life without the spirit. There's a special presence among like a redemptive work of Jesus and the redemptive work of what God does. Um, I, I don't, I don't know where I stand on that one. I, I don't think it's as bifurcated as Scott McKnight does but he's smarter than me so I'll probably kind of lean on on his interpretation of that but 
he says, yes, there's spirit is among everybody and a special redemptive work among uh, his people. So I don't know if this fits, but like growing up, I kind of like somebody described it as like almost like your conscience, as like mm, almost like sure. a Jiminy Cricket. Yeah, kind of thing. Sure. And I wonder if that kind of makes sense because like people who are not believers or followers can still do things that like progress alone or that love others. Yeah. And so I wonder if it's like that's a and that's where I've been wanting to go too. It's like you talked about how do you know I'm following the Spirit? Well, if you're being kind to others, you're loving God, you're loving your neighbor, yeah. and you can be sure that you are. But there are lots of people out there that are loving their neighbors that yeah. we wouldn't say are a Christian per sure. se. Yeah. So yeah. does that mean they have a different spirit or no spirit and they're just amazing people? You know, yeah. And I, I, that's not what I believe. Sure, sure. But it kind of speaks to the spirit is for all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, and I, honestly, I don't know where that like delineation would lie. I would say that everybody is an image bearer of God, so in some in some way, they're going to reflect God's character, whether they know it or not, right? So, so our our job isn't necess- wouldn't necessarily say to be like, hey, do you have the spirit officially or not? It's like, man, look look how much you're like, even even you act like Jesus, you know. Um, but it also goes to show the more you read the Bible, it's weird that. Uh, Maybe the more you understand, like things start getting going together more, and things like you have there's more like of a, you have more of a, a thought prop, like you, you have something that comes behind you that fills in the gaps a little bit more. And sure. I would call that the spirit, and I think that's what unbelievers don't have is because their their authority is not on the Bible. Sure. Their authority is not on God. They're, sure. Like they can have. We're, we're made in God's image, and maybe we're flirting around with that being called the Spirit. But, I, I mean, like, being filled with the Spirit is, from what I've seen in the Bible, is very Christian. It's a, it's a, it's a very, like, you accepted it. You, you, you accepted Jesus' like, redemption for your sins and repented and got the Spirit. You know? Sure. That's, that, that was what, that's what the whole... I mean, you talk about baptism. That's what baptism. Uh, that's that's a lot of times when we all heard it is because it's like buried with them in baptism. It's the the Trinity, the and and the Trinity, all that. It's because it's like a picture of it. Yeah, know? yeah. I think it's a chicken and egg thing, though, right? Because like you're um, there, there's there's some references where it seems like um, like once you believe, then you receive the Spirit, right? Um, but then there's a lot of places where it's like the spirit is out and he's doing something, and oh, the spirit calls people in for sure. Right, right. But like, like you know, which which came first? You know what I mean? Um, and how is the spirit doing that? And and like, does he does he do it for everybody? And you know, you know what I mean? Like, is it is he just going out and like selecting the people that are going to be redeemed and then turning them, or is it like, you you know what I mean? So so I think there's. I think there's an element of, I think, I think like when we talk about like the spirits at work everywhere, we're not saying that everybody is fully indwelt with the spirit and is, you know, um, and like, like there's, there is a difference, but there's a, there's a work of the spirit um, happening in, in everybody, whether, whether they understand the truth of the gospel or not. Um, yeah. and, and I think that's, and, and, and it can animate them to like, if you're pointing to Jesus, it can bring them to good works, right? Um, or it can bring them to, you know, like, like they, they might not have the same 
basis or authority for morality that, that we do, um, but like we know good people, you know, who don't love Jesus, who don't care about Jesus, um, and um, it's almost the most dangerous place to be, though. People that are moral themselves without Jesus is like that seems to be the most that seems like to be the most dangerous position you could possibly be in because you are you become your own god. It's all it's all because of it in you. You know, if God never reveals Himself, to, like if God's never there, yeah. like what? Yeah, yeah. I. It's like the farthest. You're the closest yet the farthest away. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly. Um, I, I think if I were to only read Paul, maybe. Um, but I think the way Jesus talks, it's, it's almost like there, there is this understanding that um, like the people that are doing the work that I've sent you to do, these are my people. Whether and, and there's this surprise to it, right? Like we read Matthew 25, and it, it just it blows our minds because Jesus is like, you know, you guys were the religious, and I I, I never knew you. Um, all of you over here who actually did the work that I've called you to do, and they're all they like we we had no idea. Um, and he's like, well, yeah, you guys are are part of my kingdom. Um, so I think when when we like. I, I think we struggle because we think of salvation as this like um, I, I need to I need to pray a prayer I need some kind of mental ascent or something like that and God's working in these really weird mysterious ways calling people to himself and um, and who knows like this person um, might be like the spirit might be at work in them and and might be doing something to bring them to himself that, that we don't understand like we we would all agree that, um, it is through the work of Christ and his death on the cross that everybody is brought to faith and belief and, and enters the kingdom, right? But I think we just, we don't really understand exactly how the Spirit's doing that in everyone. So if, if I see somebody's doing really good work, um, I, I work alongside them. I invite them to come and be part of this community that we formed um, and in, invite them to love Jesus along with me. But... I don't. I don't sit in fear that like they're, you know, like, you know, they obviously don't have the spirit. They, you know, I can appreciate that, but I also, like when there's not, there's obviously not a black and white area, but it's like completely, completely no holes able to be poked in it. But there's also like, are we gonna pick the most gray area we can possibly we can possibly pick and choose to live there? I don't think so. No, yeah. I mean, yeah. Paul, is, Paul is, God chose Paul to be, to, to inspire a part of his word, which builds on what Jesus said. He didn't, right. he didn't neither is exclusive right. to, to itself, and neither, neither is, uh, neither discredits the other one. Right. Like, they both, they both go along the same path, so, like, it's like, if you read all of Paul, it points to Jesus. I think I think the difference is um, I think Paul is addressing specific situations and bringing the gospel in specific areas where there's this conflict, right? And the conflict is primarily around like how does how does it work with Jews and Gentiles, and and we're reading it in the 21st century um, without that conflict in mind, and so where Paul is like focusing on this specific area. 
we then apply it to all of Jesus' teaching. And it's like, that's, I don't think that's what he meant to, to do. You know what I mean? So like, if, if I only read Paul, and I did, what, what I mean when I say that is if I only read Paul, I, I could see like, okay, this is how salvation works. And I would miss out on kind of a bigger picture because Paul is only looking at this, this area, right? He's trying, you know, does that, does that make sense? Like I, I need well, we to read Peter and James of, and... We have to read every part of scripture. Oh, actually. yeah. Even the Old Testament is different than the New Testament. For but, sure. But it all goes together also. I, and I'm not saying that Paul is contradicting Jesus. Like that, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is like when Paul is addressing this, if, if I universalize that, mm-hmm. right? And, like, and I say, well, what, what Paul is addressing specifically here, I'm going to apply it to all situations and to my own context, which is very, like I'm not, we're, we're not worried about how do we deal with Judaism and, and Gentiles, right? That's not, that's not what we're struggling with right now. So if I read that and I say, Paul is speaking directly to me in my context, um, then, then it's very easy for me to like miss out on some of the mystery that, that Jesus is presenting, right? I, I mean, that, that's one specific thing that he talks about. So, I mean, yeah. there's, there's lots of things that are cultural that still apply today, and we have to, right. we have to like, pull out the Judaism part or pull out the having slaves part or mm-hmm. pulling out, pulling yes. out a, lot yeah. of, a lot of different things. Yeah. So it's like, I mean... That's one part. I get what you're saying, but yeah, um, like like what what is the big thrust then? Like if, if Paul's yeah. dealing with this context, this specific situation here in this way, like what is the bigger picture that we're supposed to understand then, right? Um, get, and I, and that yeah. should, that should be like where where we're like leading to instead of and, and what what we're used to is like Paul says this specific thing, so like I have to do this specific like exactly what he says, right? Sure. But none of, none of us do that. You know, none of us actually do that. Um, so any, anyway, I, yeah. But, but to just tell my kid, to just te- teach my kids that to love their neighbor, which is their brother and sister and our actual neighbors mm-hmm. and the people in our church and just and love God, that generally, if that's all I tell them, that's not doing anything for them. And I don't think that helps them to get saved. <laughs> You know, and that's that's what it that's what it comes down to. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what it. You talk about boiling it down. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. I, I gotta have more to. Maybe well, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Like the Baptist thing. You don't have to say a prayer that you read in your Bible what the date was. Right. And right. You have somebody sign off. On that's it. one extreme, right? Of course. And it, and I think that like that that's probably the bigger question that we could probably save for another, like what is salvation? The Holy Spirit is a big part of that. Sure, but like, but yes. like, that's a topic of what is salvation? Like, what is when 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 the scriptures talk about that? What does it usually mean? And I think I think we've looked at, at that in Luke a little bit. How it can kind of mean a handful of different things? Um, and I do and I do agree that the Spirit is part of that. Like, the Spirit is a part of um, causing people to participate in the kingdom of God in this particular way. Um, but I think that. We, if we had like a fifth or sixth week, maybe we could do like, what does the Bible mean about salvation whenever it says that? Because um, no. I think that we would get a lot, of, a lot of really like interesting answers about how the scripture uses that word. In the Old Testament, the New Testament with Paul versus James versus Luke and some of the gospel writers, they all kind of use it in different ways. So what is, like, what is the big picture, um, like the thrust of the uh, of the story of God, like what is that moving towards? 
and how does and how do we see salvation as part of that, right? Um, because I think if we look at if we, if we look at Paul, Paul might have a little bit of a different nuance in salvation. Um, Luke actually uses salvation in different ways. So uh, if it's okay, could we, could we maybe table that salvation thing? Um, maybe for later, because I think that's a, that's a large topic in and of itself. Because I think that, like, it's a big... osmosis of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that, leads to, that leads to the salvation discussion, because some people believe that's how people are saved. And it's, that's, that's very questionable with the verses that... That describe it, I would say. But yeah, yeah, I, th- I think. Sorry, I won't table it. No, 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 that's no, fine, it's fine. And I, th- and I think that's kind of where a lot of these, um, like this campfire stuff, it brings up a lot of these good ideas that hopefully we'll be able to get to throughout, like throughout our times. Um, well, we but, talked about sin without getting to repentance last time. So. Know, <laughs> that, was, that was a pretty hard one. We've had that. Well, that was a pretty hard thing. We could have gone to We could have gone to the Yeah. But I told them what I think. Yeah. Well, I have a logistical question, maybe to get a little bit back to the okay. spirit question. And I'm welcome to be corrected of being wrong from my beliefs. But like I've always understood the Holy Spirit as God retired when he brought Jesus to earth. People used to have to do sacrifices to like wash them of their sins. When Jesus was murdered, um, he took all of our sins. And that God kind of retired and let Jesus and the Holy Spirit do it. Sure. And that, like, people in the Old Testament didn't have the Holy Spirit because they had God. And they needed to do these rituals to get close to God to clean themselves. Yeah. And that, I don't know, it's kind of like God outsourced his work to the Holy Spirit. And it didn't really exist until Jesus died. Yeah. And that's kind of what we have now. Yeah. And so I don't know if I'm on, that's, I mean, I'm making jokes a little bit in there about yeah. retiring. Yeah, yeah. That's how I've always understood. Sure. Is that kind of? Um, I think I would I would say a couple things to that you're not entirely wrong. Um, I'm okay being wrong. Like I would I would say not the spirit like the spirit has been present in his in the world since the beginning of time, right? Like the spirit formed like um, the spirit formed the earth and the waters and all those things. That's kind of the first we we get the first picture of the spirit in the very beginning. Um, there's there's other ways that the spirit does show up, and I think in the in the New Testament it's this like special outpouring among everybody who wants to participate in this kingdom of what God is doing of restoring all things to Himself, and the Spirit is God's promise that He will never leave us and continue to um, can, uh, continue to move forward in the story of God up to the restoration of all things, right? Um, the spirit does show up in different ways. Like we saw in Luke, how the spirit shows up in Mary, and like like there's a there's a special I don't know uh, anointment of the spirit onto Mary and to Simeon and to Anna and all these people. And what do they start doing? They start like praising God and they start saying, um, "Here's what God is going to do." Right? Um, the the prophecy of Simeon. You have Mary's Magnificat. Right? Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. This is after the spirit comes on her. Um, how my spirit rejoices in God, God my Savior. For the mighty one has done great things. He shows mercy. He's going to bring down the proud and exalt the humble. He's going to fill the hungry and send the, wit, the, the rich away empty. Like the spirit does, the spirit does what he wants, right? So um, 
but the Spirit has shown up in a particular way that everybody can now participate in this kingdom of God in this way. Um, can I say something about that? Too? Yeah, yeah. So something that kind of blew my mind, and I think there are certain things that you can like trace all the way through talked a little bit about some of those threads, Mark, I feel like, but one of them is, I feel like a connection between the spirit and God being with his people, mm-hmm. I think, all the way through, because you see it in the very beginning about him bringing about that, like, presence in the garden, and then you kind of see it in the tabernacle, and the temple, and then Pentecost, and then in the very end, it's like the climax mm-hmm. of the Bible is about God coming to dwell with his people on earth. And I, I think that unifying thread seemed really powerful to me. Like something about that. I guess kind of the, the way I like see it is that like people in the Old Testament could just look at the clouds and God would show up and they just, hey, what's up? How's it going, buddy? Can I have some bread? You know, and he he was like physically present. Sure. There were angels that showed up, and it's almost like God got broken into a million pieces and everyone has a little piece now. Mm. And that like God isn't showing up in the clouds, and I know that's. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of see it that way. It's like it's with us now, as opposed to a place we need to go, you know, or, or, or an actual entity that exists. Yeah. That's I think it. you're keeping minds too when to like understand the Trinity, yeah, and we cannot true. do it. No. We cannot break them into yeah. like all these separate like. And we, that blows our mind. We don't understand yeah. that. It feels like, like that both feels, your discussion, I'm right? sorry to interrupt, but no. your discussion and your discussion are <coughs> all kind of leaning, and, and I'm. I'm pointing fingers, and I don't mean to be pointing. My, my, the point I want to make is that it feels like in order for us to understand it, we have to put it in a box, and it's not boxable. And that's where we get thrown up. It's just like, uh, I thought it was this, but then it's also this. So am I right? Am I wrong? And that it's all about we want to be right. And, have and it's not. Yeah. Figure it all out. Yeah. Figure it what all each out. person does. And it's like, it's so blended. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those mysteries, right? That will never. And that's why we're not going to figure it out in 30 minutes either, right? Like, we're not going to figure out, like, exactly how the Spirit works because the Spirit does things differently. Um, the Bible Project guys, um, they said, well, how do, like, how do we discern the voice of the Spirit? And they, and they basically say, say this. There was a diverse set of ways that it actually happened, right? Um, at the beginning of Acts, when they're trying to build the church, do you know how they first try to select their first leaders? They cast locks. They like they cast dice on the floor, and they said, "If you get basically like, we're leaving it up to chance." I don't. I don't think we should bring that back, personally. Right? I don't. I don't think we should do that. Um, Let's cast lots to see if we do. Right. Like we could, but 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 that was a way that they could determine poker. Yeah. Um, That was a way that they could determine like, is the spirit in this? Um, They did. They 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 had dreams. They had visions. They. But, but overall, um, they said it happened when Jesus' followers were together, praying, discussing, debating, talking. Um, and um, the majority of the ways that the people discern the guiding voice of the Spirit is in community as a group of people who want to be like Jesus. Like, that was one of the ways that they figured out what the Spirit is doing. Um, which kind of brings me to my fifth point. I'll, um, is, which is the spirit creates community amongst strangers. Um, I'll, I'll go back to the, to the other two. Uh, but I got a quote by Stanley Harvass at the, at the very bottom. I thought I'd read this one aloud because it's, it was 
um, it was really like meaningful to me in a particular way because he, he says this, Pentecost brought peace not by healing differences through institutionaliz- institutionalization of one language to replace the many, but instead a multilinguistic community was born to be for the world a witness of peace instituted by the cross and resurrection of Jesus. Um, he, he compares like, uh, we know the story of the Tower of Babel when um, everybody wanted to be like God and God comes down and he kind of splits everybody into multiple languages to where they can't understand. Um, and he, he goes on to say like, um, there was an inherent violence in our babbling isolation from one another that has now been in Pentecost completely overwhelmed by the cross and the resurrection of Jesus. Um, he compares the, the, the violence of being fearful of a stranger, of somebody who you can't communicate with, of somebody where there's barriers, different cultures. Like there's, that's, like that's how violence and wars get started. Um, and he says, like the resurrection of Jesus has overwhelmed that babbling, violent isolation. Um, and he basically says this, like the spirit comes in and now everybody can hear the like what god is doing in their own language he's breaking down these barriers so that way new communities can be formed um if you're wondering if the spirit speaks to you one off that's not the new testament example like the new testament example is usually he brings people into community to discuss and debate and prayerfully consider and meditate upon what the spirit's doing not to say that he can't but the, like the example of the New Testament largely is they, they figure out what the Spirit is doing in community of people. Um, so the, we'll go back to number three. So uh, the Spirit points to Jesus. The Spirit brings life when there was no life. The Spirit makes love the most important virtue in the life of the church. So as the Spirit is making his presence known in a community of people who love Jesus, he also gives gifts. Like we call these the spiritual gifts, right? The first one that's discussed is love. Like love kind of encapsulates every other gift um, of the gifts of the spirit. So the spirit is going to make love like the most important virtue in the life of the church. Um, And how does Jesus characterize love in, in the gospels? It's usually love God and love your neighbor. It's usually like you want to see what love is. Look at, let's see what love actually does. Let's see what love does in the world. So the spirit makes love the important virtue in the life of the church. Uh, and then fourthly, the spirit also empowers the work of justice and shalom building. Um, Jack Levinson, one of the biggest scholars of uh, the Holy Spirit, says, says this. When we act and live in truth and integrity, that is one way you know you are the people of the spirit. The spirit of God is the presence of God among us all. Um, we see in Joel, right? We, I've, got that, I've got that passage up, up, up there at the top. It says, I will pour out my spirit upon everyone. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will, will see visions. Um, I turned 40 today, right? So like, oh, I, feel, I did it. We made it. I, I made it. Um, only 41 ago. Only 40. They're not making it right. So, not that not the, not, not that I really like relate to old men dream dreams yet, but but I think the idea is 
if you've, get, if you've gotten to the end of your life like old men dreaming dreams about what the future could look like, it's probably not very realistic, right? Like, or even young men will see visions. Young men, like young, like teenagers, they don't, they're not visionaries yet for the most part. Like my kids, they want to figure out like what comes next in Roblox or what comes next in, um, I don't know, like sports, right? Right, Taylor Swift. Like what's, that's, that's not like having visions about what community can, can be like. But what Joel is saying is like when the spirit comes among you, um, like all of these norms are going to be broken down about what people actually contribute. Um, all of these norms of hierarchies will be, will be shot down. In those days, I will pour out um, my, uh, my spirit on the male and female slaves. Like, like it brings everybody on the same level. And that's kind of what uh, Acts and when Peter preaches to the crowd during Pentecost, he quotes this. He says, yeah, I feel there's somehow this is coming to fruition. Like your daughters are going to prophesy. They can prophesy in the Old Testament. Like that's not how patriarchy worked. Um, but now like the people who didn't have a voice now actually have a voice. So um, Jack Levinson goes on to say, make sure I'm getting my stuff right. Um, he goes on to say like the spirit comes and breaks down hierarchies and creates a new community that will be a foretaste of the kingdom where all will equally share in the same life giving power. Um, so the spirit continues the work of what Jesus started and he will bring it about to completion. Um, so those are kind of the five things like, so I would ask a question, maybe this is kind of what we can end on in a little bit of this discussion is if all of this is true, right? Like these five, it's not exhaustive, right? Um, I think we figured out we don't, we haven't talked about how the spirit works in salvation. We haven't talked about how the spirit works and all that kind of stuff. So fully understand that. If these things are true, then I think the question is, how do we know we are hearing, following, and discerning the voice of the Spirit? Sometimes you just know when you know. Okay. But, but I, will, I will say, like, I'll give an example of, of, I know I felt the Spirit this last week. Yeah. And the reason sometimes I get a little, I get a little, you know, uh, bumblebee under my freaking collar when I hear it's because when I hear this stuff about love and peace and joy and all that stuff like that that's true but that stuff that stuff is not always love is not always unmessy love is very messy and like true joy is very messy and true peace does not sometimes my most peaceful state has been after my most horrific meltdown you know what I mean like all these things that's what I I I continue to see continue to see in my life yeah. is that like I just know this last week I got an epiphany after I after I had a meltdown myself then my brother then my brother had a meltdown like how am I going to talk to him because I don't have nothing but then I just met him in the struggle and I had an epiphany right in the middle of all, all that yeah. where I was like God is God like God is here God is here and he's with both of us and for some reason we're both encouraged and we there's none of our mess is any less messy none of our none, none of our problems have any less problems to them yeah we have no more solutions but we both are sitting here in God yeah and I, I have no answer to that yeah you know and that that right there was like the biggest I'm like 
there is a Holy Spirit. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's 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 the best I can describe yeah. it. Yeah. And that's the most horrible way to. That's not an encyclopedia definition. No. There's, yeah. There's an element there's of like Jesus anymore. says the Comforter is going to come, <laughs> and and he describes him that way. And it's like, when, when I am in the midst of chaos and I'm at my lowest and I feel that comfort, especially like when I'm, when I'm in connection with people around me, um, I think that's what, that's what Bobby said. Sometimes it's not, it's not missing. It's, it's like we, we would almost miss it, right? Um, but it's like it's the spirit at work bringing that, that comfort. And it's not that's always just feels this. the most sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. When, you hear, when you hear it's about loving God and loving your neighbor... A lot of times that, like, sometimes that my punk rock side wants to get in a fight because, <laughs> because I don't, because of that, I'm just saying, it's like, loving my neighbor before has been taking my buddy to the suboxone clinic. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or kicking, or, or cutting somebody off because I have, because they are an alcoholic or I'm enabling. Yeah. I figure out yeah, I'm yeah, enabling yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really, it, yeah. it makes you cry. It's like the worst thing possible. Like, yeah. it's not a happy love. No, yeah. It's the hardest thing you ever went through yeah. in your life. Yeah. To, and you, you're never confident about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, love that, that yeah. love thing can be can be costly too, right? Like, yeah. that, I think that kind of is what we see with um, the rich man and uh, and uh, Zacchaeus, like. There's like Jesus shows them love and says, "Hey, you've got to get you've you've got to pay everybody. You've got to get rid of all of your stuff, and if you really truly want to follow me, like that's that's messy, right? That's hard. Um, um, love love looks different. I don't know why I'm hearing it differently when it's coming from you, or not you. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm saying I I, don't, I just don't I hear it in a care bear way. Yeah. And no. I, yeah. I like, and, and so I, I fight. Yes. I, I, I would. We would. Yeah. I would fully agree with 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 all of that. Like you would. Like if you love your your community well and your people well. Like if, if I love my kids well, I'm not going to let them go in the street in a busy during busy time, right? Like I'm going to love Rose different probably than I'm going to love Julia, because um, they have different different things that they need. Um, love is love is not like a blanket. Like this is what it's going to be. Like it's always going to be just, just be nice to you. Let, let you have whatever you want. That's, that's not really what love is. Jesus doesn't do that. Um, um, love, like you have the freedom to love your neighbors and to love the, your community in ways that, that continues to push people towards Jesus. Like, like that's the, like if you want to know what what love really looks like, how are you becoming more like Jesus and more shalom building and more like. This is the way life should actually be, right? Um, life should be free of alcoholism. Yes, it should. That leaves me with more questions, though. Like, what do we do with decision making? You know, where to move, or who to marry, yeah. or what you know, what whatever, what job to get. Yeah. You know? I mean, we we pray about it. Sure. And, and we're yeah. trusting, I think, the Holy Spirit. But is it God that we're praying to, or yeah. the Holy Spirit? Do we are we quiet to try to hear the Holy Spirit? To figure out, you know, what to yeah. do. I don't know. Just I would say, I would say yes to, to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I w- and I would also say a couple things. Like uh, whenever I don't know what I'm gonna like talk about during a sermon, I usually like bring it up in our MC, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. kind of like, I'm like, guys, I don't know what to do with this. Um, so kind of so they help me through a lot. So we talked about this on Wednesday, and a lot of it was like, if you are creating God's image, God has given you 
a rational brain. Like, that's part of who, like, that's part of how you can be like God is to use your rational thinking that God has given you, right? Sure, we're going to make mistakes. Sure, it's not going to be fault-proof. But at the same time, like, you're not always here making the decision alone. Um, So you can say, hey, do we need to, do we need to move? Like, bring that in front of the community. Like, that's, that's how you know the spirit is among us is because God has given you a community of people to help with that. We might not, we might not say, well, you know, yeah, definitely move. Or we might not say, yeah, don't move. We might say, hey, God loves you in whatever decision that you're going to make. Um, it sounds like you're coming at it from a right perspective. Um, don't be afraid of making a wrong decision and wondering if you're in God's will or not. Like, like if you are trying to figure out the best, the best thing for your family, yeah, like, make that decision. Um, it might go wrong, and it might go right. We don't, we, we don't know. I think that's so kids, though, our young kids, you know, when they're trying to make decisions. Yeah, yeah. It's, I like to, with somebody to marry, you know? Like, sure. That's, that's, mm-hmm. That is a, that's a big decision. You know? I think that's the whole point of, like, being in a relationship with God. Like, it's always, like, you constantly have to, like, is this, is this good? Does this feel good? You know, it's not like, should I marry this person? Yes or no. And then the rest of your life, you just blindly trust, you know? Like, that's, that's part of the relationship. Thing to me. I think it also changes too. Like when we were young, we thought being in the army was like where God wanted us to be. But as we've had kids and grown and changed, like that's not where God wants us to be anymore. And we feel that, you know, we feel that it's not healthy for us or prosperous, you know. So we're changing it, you know. And that's like part of part of following him through your whole life. And I think we want so much control and certainty. I feel like that with my kids. Like, it is scary watching them make choices that I don't think are. But I want to control it. And who? I'm not the Holy Spirit. And I, I teach them and I love them and I encourage them to follow Jesus. And I have to leave that. Like, I, I can't control it, you know? And it's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think one of the things we talked about with DMC was like, when do you pray for God to help you with the decision when you're done? Like, where should I eat for lunch? Tell me, and I will not eat lunch until you tell me. And, you know, like, be skinny. Yes. <laughs> so you get stuck on this question a lot. The trick is I also pray to get skinny. Yeah, yeah. But, like, some of those things sound ridiculous. Like, I'm not going to work out, but I'm going to pray to get skinny. Yeah. Okay, God gave us a brain to make decisions. Yeah. And I think, and we talked about with, like, Michael about, like, when does that decision become, like, something you should wait for God to say? You know, am I going to marry someone or change a career and move to a state? Versus, am I going to get Chick-fil-A or not today? Well, and, we also talked about... Well, I was going to say last, he gave us a brain to make these decisions if he doesn't point us in the direction. But we also talked about how, like, the pressure almost goes off because it's like God can still work with you through any of us. So, like, I always go back to, like, God is the janitor where I'm like, what if I wasn't supposed to go into marketing? What if I followed what I thought I originally wanted to do? It's like, I can still be on God's mission. So I think a lot of it's like, I don't know how much it matters because God's like, you can still be following me and loving me and loving your neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. Not that he doesn't care, but... 
Yep. Yeah. Any other thoughts? This is, this is good, you guys. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, we're going to take communion. Um, and one of the things that I think that the communion shows is that God shows up where his people are, right? And, I, and, and, uh, and communion is one way that we can identify with that. Like this is, this is a picture of God's presence among us. Like his broken body and his shed blood is he has never left us and he never will leave us. And that is his promise to, to you. He doesn't promise that you will have easy decisions in your life. Like he doesn't promise you that everything's going to work out. Um, he promises that he will never leave us. So take part of this and be confident in the fact that Jesus is among, that Jesus is among us. The spirit is with you um, and that he loves us and he will go to the ends of the earth uh, to be with his people. So take this and we'll, um, do we get kids or do we do, do, we do a song? Do a song? Song with kids?